Welcome to Programmatic Digest Podcast, live from Cannes. I'm Manuela Cortez, your temporary host for this special episode. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Programmatic Digest Podcast. Today we are again live in Cannes. Today it's here with us, Lara Gaffney. Lara, so thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, I know you have a, a really extensive background in the industry, but I would like you to share with the audience who you are, what's your experience, how did you come to this industry? Absolutely. Yes, yeah, so I have been in publishing and media for a very long time, more than 20 years. Um, my first kind of intro into publishing was with um, print publishing, um, and really my first big um, technology media publishing company. Um, so getting into the tech space as well as media was with CMP Media um, back in the day. And um, they had a portfolio of products across events, print, and when digital was really just starting to, to be. So that's where I started. And my career has spanned from the everything from those plus events actually um all the way through the kind of growth of you know online media digital publishing and to into programmatic so i've probably worked across almost every facet i think um both mobile mobile uh publish mobile advertising um you know rtb OpenRTB, um, dis display, video, header bidding, you name it. I've probably touched most facets of programmatic at this point. That's fascinating. And what would you say was your favorite or the one that you thought like where you feel most comfortable? Of, or if it, it's kind of the same, you look at, at it as a whole of, of the industry? Yeah, so I'd say that when I was first in technology media and worked for a big, pub, really big publisher that was a technology B2B publisher, and we were selling events, uh, webinars, digital online and print, et cetera, we were selling everything to um, leading technology brands like Microsoft and Oracle and HP. I was on the media sales side, so I used to call on the clients and the agencies, and we led with a lot of research. We were selling events, and it was great to really you know, have that I think several years, about seven years experience on the media sales side in tech. And that's really where I cut my teeth. I really didn't know much about tech when I started. I had a little bit of publishing background. So I wanted to take that publishing background, translate those skills that I knew about selling advertising into the tech media world because I'm based in the Bay Area. And I was surrounded by this, you know, emerging, fast growing uh, tech space and Silicon Valley. So um, I was on that side of the house and that was awesome. So really understanding what we refer to, you know, as the buy side now and really understanding the buy side. Um, but I loved a, a, being a publisher and I loved the mind of a publisher. I loved what publishers were doing and I was always very impressed and, um, you know, give a lot of, of credit to publishers with what they have to do from, you know, content audiences, and the advertising, everything that they have to do as a business to stay afloat, grow, and be successful. So I flipped 
to the publisher side of the business, which is the supply side today, and started um, calling on publishers on the, on the sales side. And um, I think that probably when I made that switch and my clients were the publishers and I was able to approach them to help them grow their businesses as publishers, that's when I knew I'd kind of found you know, my real love in the industry. Amazing, and I feel extremely identified with that because um, when I began in programmatic, I started doing media buying. Well, I didn't start doing media buying exactly. I was at CSM um, for the U.S. Hispanics, and that's when I started being introduced by programmatic. And I, I found it very interesting, very dynamic. So I wanted to know more about the tech side of things, but always on the buy side. And when I was first introduced to what the publisher world is and where like the real programmatic happens, mm -hmm. because on the buying side, you just see all the product digested, but you don't see what happens on the back. And as you completely explained, that it is extremely complex, like all the things that the publishers need to do, because it's, it's not just the ad space they need to sell, they need to support content, they need to support the site, not only in the technological part, but in that people actually read their sites. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, they're running this business, right? This, this, as publishers, they're running every facet of the business from, you know, bringing in the advertising, dri you know, driving the revenue on the advertising side to developing the right content, the audience development piece, all of the facets of the business you know, aside from the usual operations and finance. And then, you know, what was, you know, kind of fascinating for me in my journey is started helping these publishers back in the day when independent publishers really came into their own. And um, we moved away from just the large O&O brands, but these independent publishers who were out there creating incredible content. So back, you know, 15 years ago, lots of emerging 15 to ish maybe slightly longer now years ago when all of these publishers um like you know android authority or slash gear and um it, you know ind independent sites that had found a niche audience really kind of came into their own and it was really the birth of of what we have today is all of these you know websites across the internet providing great content servicing a niche um but it's a really, really hard job, right? They've got to create the right content, build the audience and drive revenue. And when programmatic became and header bidding took off, all of these publishers were suddenly having to be tech experts. It's like, well, hold on a second. We're technical enough. We are building a site. We've learned SEO. We know how to create content. We know how to drive audiences. We're building, you know, editorial teams to help do all this, but now we've got to figure out programmatic what the heck. So they turned to third parties to help them do that. And it, and, and before header bidding, it was less complicated, but once header bidding started and the complications there, um, I think publishers really had to find, you know, kind of the always on ad tech consulting companies, head of bidding, head, head of bidding companies to help them deal with the complexities um, so that they can really stay 
close to their core and focus on what they do best, which is content and building audiences, um, to try and do it all and try and have a team of ad tech engineers that can do this is really, really difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you've you summarized perfect imperfection, like perfectly. What are all the pain points that publishers constantly are living? And I guess one of the pain points, at least that I've seen that it's been a trend this year is, of course, ChatGPT and, and AI, which is something that I think in the event um, it was talked about for a bit. But how this impacts the publishers, right? Because mm -hmm. apparently everyone is going to be able, well, not everyone, ChatGPT is going to be able to do content mm -hmm. constantly and learn how to do like all sorts of things. And sites are going to be just popping up constantly right. as a machine. And then that this not only affects like the publishers itself, but it also affects the whole ecosystem like SEO like how mm -hmm. are how are they gonna like I don't know to me when, when I read about this which I didn't fully understand like how it would affect it I was like this is maybe game changer or maybe not because also like it's it's constantly hard to get people engaged nowadays as well right exactly no I think so and it's uh I don't know. I think nobody knows exactly how this is all going to play out and, you know, how there's going to be that measure in terms of was this content all created through ChatGBT or is there really a human element still there? And how do you distinguish between the two? And do you need to distinguish between the two, right? I mean, that's the other question. It's like, okay, so, um, but it's not if you're going to put a byline on there, right? It's it's not your own unless you've you've created it. So I would hope that it's a world of ChatGPT can be the prompts and it can provide you with some, you know, more ideas and and some additional pieces to the content. But there's going to still be that human element. But I, I don't think that's going to be the case across the board. And I think it is sort of quite a, a scary new world we're, we're going into and, and exciting at the same time. I mean, I love using that tool myself. So, um, you know, I can see the benefits to it, but um, it's going to be very difficult to make that distinction, I think. Absolutely. And as, as you mentioned, it's we still need to see how it all plays out. And coming back to the event that we are right now, mm -hmm. Um, I wanted for the audience, so the idea of these episodes were originally to most of the people that work in ad tech and probably do not have the chance to come to an mm -hmm. event like this to see it through uh, the people that are attending mm -hmm. uh, as yourself. So if you could share with us, for example, how has it been for you to come to this kind of event or, well, this event in particular, what is a day-to-day -day for you and also why everyone knows you <laughs> you are okay. more famous here than rihanna <laughs> oh my gosh you're so sweet well that's just i think that's just being around for a while myself but um so okay so yeah so i think i mean can definitely used to be a, a lot more and it still is really you know the more senior level folks are coming here 
and there's a lot of deal making happening here, right? And um, it is a, it's a great opportunity to pack in lots of meetings with lots of people. And yes, you might most all of you be in the same country or run into each other at different events, but this seems to be the one event that pulls everyone from you know, the plane load, as my friends, a couple of the Israeli companies told me, like 80% of the plane they came in from Tel Aviv, you know, all came here. And then the rest of us coming from, you know, the UK, Europe, and the US, it's attracting us as, as globally, um, as opposed to, you know, the US-based events and uh, European-based events do tend to uh, draw from from those regions a little bit more heavily. I think this is the one event that brings everybody from across the globe here, um, which is great. And of course, who doesn't want to be here in Cannes, you know, along the Crescent? It's the most, you know, beautiful place to hold an event, in my opinion. Um, so I think, you know, using your time wisely of, you know, booking lots of meetings with people. And I think there's a willingness from people to meet with you here because if they're here, they we want to make sure that they're justifying their trip and they're, uh, um, you know, going back, having had lots and lots of meetings. People are in a great frame of mind. There's nothing like a glass of rosé and uh, the sunshine of the south of France that makes everybody smile and want to do business and be willing to chat with you and get to know you. And even, even, just, even just making those relationships, you know, there's been... It, there's, there's certainly fewer publishers here than there are ad tech companies. But the publishers that are here, that people you may not know or get to know, just getting to know them here is a nice a nice way to start that relationship as a person, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, that was a really fantastic description of what it is because, yeah, it it is kind of ironic that everything that we do that is digital needs to go out on the offline world because mm -hmm. it's completely necessary for things to flow at least in a more complex way and 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 also that it is extremely international yes as as opposed to i don't know like mexico or at week mm -hmm. in, in the u.s yep so that's that's really interesting thank you so much uh for sharing yeah no my pleasure okay so in your experience, what are other topics that you can share with us aside from the incredible panels, all the trends that can be discussed here? Um, I know CTV is still really hot, at least. Mm -hmm. uh, coming here, I noticed like two or three companies that I've never heard in my life that they have like really big sponsorships about CTV. So I guess this is yeah. something that it's continuing to to increment in the industry and we've discussed with different SSPs that they are now becoming video first, so. Yeah, no, I mean, I think CTV is definitely big and it's, it's you know, it's the the new frontier. I mean, it's here, right? But it's, it's really emerging right now and there's a lot of new players coming into the space. So that definitely is at, at the forefront. Um, lots, and I think newer companies that haven't obviously haven't haven't been here in the past because they they weren't they weren't even around so there's definitely um a big a big you know presence of, of ctv ctv discussions and meetings going on 
um, the sustainability companies. You know, we have a couple of those in the space right now, Scope 3 being one of them. They've made a big presence here, um, so it's nice to see them. Um, I really love how the, you know, Equality Lounge um, that is, is here has, I've seen that grow over the years and I think it's incredible um, that there's a, you know, a place that's, you know, really about promoting and um, educating around diversity. I was sitting on a panel today um, with a group of um, African-American women that were talking about still some of the the challenges that they're facing and how to really help educate all of us on what we can do better to um, push diversity forward. And I've seen quite a few things going on around, around Pride. You know, it's been Pride Month, right? So I'm really pleased to see um, more and more of this diversity of people here, um, which is great um, because I think five, six years ago, you, you, you weren't seeing that. So I think that's been um, a real positive. And um, yeah, as well as, um, as well as all the different groups that are trying to empower women in ad tech, which mm -hmm. is something that it's always very much appreciated because as you mentioned a couple of years ago, it was almost, well, not impossible, it was harder to see so many women in C-level seats, as you can see right now. Yeah. And of course, like other industries would be um, less open about it. But I think at least in the ad tech world, of course, it's not like there's no gender gap. It exists. But I think we can see that that kind of situations like we see the women in programmatic that uh, we will be interviewing at some point as well. So I, I think it's really refreshing to see that. And I'm really glad that you mentioned the part of diversity because I think that's something that you normally don't see on other events and that it should have more visibility because um, I guess technological companies always try to dress their logos uh, with the LGBTQI flag during Pride Month and then they change it um, to different types of, of flags but it's, it's different to do that like sort of like diversity washing or greenwashing uh, while as you can see here that actually things are being discussed of and and also as you mentioned like the people attending it, it's different so yeah and, and it's like you know diversity shouldn't be happening at that one month of the year or one week out of june every year when it's you know juneteenth it's now a national holiday in the u.s and Pride Month, it's like, that's great, and I'm, I'm glad to see a big presence, and I'm glad to see it all, but that needs to carry through all the time, um, you know, and we need to be pushing forward, and all of us need to take some responsibility to make that happen and support people of all of these, you know, diverse groups. So that's on all of us, from women to minorities to gender bias, etc. Of this uh, extremely interesting conversation, which I think I would probably be able to talk to you for hours and hours because you're extremely interesting well <laughs> likewise <laughs> um so can you tell us any fun facts about this event in particular gosh okay so fun facts for public consumption on a podcast so we'll start there so there's there's lots of fun that happens here obviously but i think um 
you know, you, you know, you know the people that are here for the first time, um, and we've all been there, right? We were all first timers at once, and you know, not wearing the right shoes, thinking you could possibly walk around in a pair of heels, uh, thinking you'd wearing a long sleeve shirt, um, you know, that you had to be in pants, etc. You know, you, you don't obviously that's not the dress code here, right? You know, it's very much adopting the typical French Riviera way of dressing, along with a very, very comfortable pair of tennis shoes or trainers or sneakers, whatever you choose to call them, um, is essential. I have worn these that I have on for um, the entire time. I did bring one nice pair of sandals to put on should, should the opportunity happen, but you carry those in your in your large purse and slip them on um, just to just to wear for an hour or two. But you do a ton of walking. You need to drink tons of water, stay hydrated, and try to, if you can, avoid the rosé till late afternoon because um, your night your days go on through to the wee hours of the morning, and you're caught up with the adrenaline of it, adrenaline of it all, and you survive on very little sleep. Um, so it's important to try to take care of your body. Uh, at the same time. I love it. I, I think that's uh, extremely true and I haven't been able to hydrate myself <laughs> for the whole week. Um, but it's been an, an amazing experience and also um, thank you so much for sharing all this knowledge. I think it, it's extremely valuable for everyone that uh, listens to the podcast and they can have at least a glimpse of, of what's going on here and getting to know you, Laura, more. Well, thank you so much, Lola. This has been great. My pleasure. And I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really glad you got to come here as well. It's a great experience for anyone in the industry. Try and, try and figure out a way to come. It's really worth it. Thank you.